Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Random Fandom. It's the time of week when your jocks of all trades can kick back, relax, and just talk about weird stuff that we might be fans of. Uh, this week, um, we had a wonderful uh, topic suggestion by, well, the guy who's going by germs right now, Kyle. It's top five movie trilogies. This was like asking what your like top 15 movies are for me, which was hard. But I am going to get us started with Kyle. Kyle, what is your number five trilogy? Okay. Guaranteed you guys don't have this on here. That is called the Cornetto Trilogy. The Cornetto Trilogy is um, all by Edgar Wright, all with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. It's Shaun of the Dead, 2004, Hot Fuzz, oh. 07, and The World's End in 2013. Yeah. All just absolute British humor. All just absolutely hilarious. Um, Shaun of the Dead is horror, but it's comedy. Hot Fuzz is Simon Pegg as a cop in this weird town. Um, one of the old James Bonds. I forget the actor's name, but he's kind of like a villain in it. Um in the world's end is kind of like what would happen if aliens took over. Um, but you know, every movie they go to a pub, they get drunk and it's, it's hilarious. Hot fuzz is probably like one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Uh, I watch it all the time. Um, yeah, they're all just super good. They're not really your basic one, two, three, but it, it is known as the Cornetto trilogy because they get Cornetto's in it as, as dessert sometimes um and they're all done by the same director Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, all hilarious so it's been fun. Nice, nice. No, um the um what was I gonna say? Yes. So everyone knows these aren't we're not trying to like name the greatest trilogies of all time. We're naming our top five favorite trilogies. So if you're expecting some big names to be on here like hit after hit after hit you're probably not going to get that because well, we're all different right. and we're all wacky. So, uh, Brad, let's have your number five. My number five. Um, Kyle was already ragging on it when we were talking about this earlier in the week. Uh, but my number five is the Indiana Jones trilogy. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull can die. Nobody likes that movie. Um, <laughs> but the original three, it's, it's hard to watch a good trilogy and say, oh, this is just getting better after each one. Granted, the second one is a little spooky, but, you know, they're all good. I love them. I genuinely do. Um, I end up watching one and three all the time. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely in my top five. I you love Harrison Ford. You've redeemed yourself since the sports movies. I know. Because Indiana Jones is definitely, yeah, probably my number six if I had it, but it's good. Luke? All right, all right. So, at number five... Now, some people are going to love me, and some people are going to drag me. I, this is going to be a controversial pick. I'm going with the Hobbit trilogy. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 Yes. Yes. Take it off. No. There you go. <laughs> no. I knew I was going to get this reaction. I knew it was going to get like 50-50. But here's why I like it. I actually, I actually think Martin Freeman's Bilbo is better than Elisha Wood's Frodo based purely on age martin freeman played bilbo to a t and yeah. while bilbo is supposed to be 50-ish 
in The Hobbit. That's what Martin Freeman is. Frodo is supposed to be almost the exact same age in The Lord of the Rings, and he is by far not. Elijah Wood was by far not. So well, I loved Martin Freeman in The Hobbit. I loved Gandalf. I loved Richard Armitage as Thorne was incredible. I loved him. Um, Lee Pace as Thranduil was amazing. And I really liked how they incorporated some other parts of what Gandalf was doing in those movies. I can see Brad chomping at the bit, so I'll give him a chance to respond. Yeah, the only thing I wanted to say was from the books, uh, Frodo was 33 for a long freaking time because he had the ring for, what, like 20 years or something? I know it gets, like, skipped over in the movie when Gandalf comes back and he's like, oh, is it secret? Is it safe? But it was, like, 20 years between, like, when he left and when he came back. What? That was an incredible impression. <laughs> that, that, that was what? so good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was impressive. Well done, well done, sir. Well but, done. But that being said, like I didn't have a problem with Elijah Wood's age in Lord of the Rings. Sorry, it just like popped in my head and wouldn't go away, and I was like, I have to say it. Like, sorry, um, I have to say that you're you're right, Luke. Hob, um, Bilbo hundred times better. Gandalf still great. Um, uh, Thor and Oakenshield, awesome. I want that guy to play Wolverine, actually. Um, however, who the CGI pisses me off. I, I, I need the practical effects that Lord of the Rings yes. gives you. And that yeah. didn't do it for me in The Hobbit. And also, I only watched the first Hobbit, and that's it. You like, need to watch the other two. I mean, no, I've, seen, the third I've one. seen them all. I'm just saying the first one, to me, is the best one. But that's kind of where I stopped it. Oh no! It's like if you if it's like the beginning of the third one when Galadriel walks into Dol Guldur. I'm just like, nah. Okay. <laughs> my my, how the turntable. I know how you feel, Luke. I need to take control of it. Uh, all right, all right. Moving fine. on. I will fine. put a Let's sus takes with four. Brad. I will put a sus takes with Brad ticker in there. How about that? You know what? I mean, Brad has you're the one who controls when to put it up, so it's really no point. <laughs> That's true. Anyhow, um, but, uh, Kyle, okay. we need your number four, man. Okay, my number four. So I only have one MCU trilogy on here, and it's at number four. That's the Captain America trilogy. Um, oh, yeah. I love, obviously, Winter Soldier. It's one of my favorite Marvel movies. It's one of my favorite uh, movies in general. Civil War is probably my in my top five Marvel movies as well. Um, but the first one is very underrated to me. It's a very good introduction. Um, the CGI of skinny, small Steve to big one, that transitions like it's funny and a little kind of, you know, you're kind of taken back, but it, it works well. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just very well done. It's a good introduction. Red Skull, while he was a one-off, I think he was a good villain. Um, yeah. and just very kind of your traditional basic introduction, but it had a lot of good emotional beats in it. Winter Soldier, also just the whole Bucky storyline, the Peggy Carter storyline that eventually ends in Endgame. Spoiler alert! Um, like it, it all, it's all played through so very well in those three movies, and then obviously the third movie is just Avengers kicking butt, and that was always fun. So, um, that's my favorite MCU show, for sure. Can we talk about how well cast Red Skull was? Like that, when I read the comics, that's what I picture as Red Skull. Like yeah. this crazy, like psychotic, like 
I'm going to kill you because I, I feel like one head two more to take his place. Uh, yeah. And then his how they recast him. Do you know that how they recast him in um, Infinity War? No. Yeah, sorry, and yeah, Infinity War. It wasn't actually Hugo Weaving. Um, yeah. He didn't want to return, so they had to get an impersonator. And the impersonator just freaking nailed it. Nailed yes. it. Oh, yeah. My brain just imploded. Yeah. That is good. crazy. That's awesome. Yep. Well, very good pick, Kyle. Very good, good pick. Uh, Brad, your number four, please. Um, I'm not going to expound on my number four because I know somebody else likes it so much more than me. But uh, my number four is the Dark Knight trilogy uh, by Christopher Nolan. Um, wow. Just wow. Like, well done. I, I wasn't sure what I was going to think of Christian Bale as Batman, but... They did such a good job of hiding that mole. That is the best part of that entire trilogy because he has a massive mole on his face, and they hid it. Go back and watch it. I'm serious. You will not see the mole unless you really look for it. But um, I will leave the good parts of talking about that trilogy to other people, but that's my number four. Okay, okay. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, I am going to, for my number four, venture a little bit into the world of animation. I'm going to go with DreamWorks How to Train Your Dragon franchise. This was, I believe, a very underrated trilogy because it kind of came after like some of the golden years of DreamWorks where you had Shrek, Prince of Egypt, Madagascar. Um, but you had <laughs> but you have some amazing um, voice acting. Gerard Butler a stoic yeah that is incredible the cinematography animation is top notch you feel like you really get to know hiccup and toothless in those and just some of the emotional beats i personally my favorite is the second one because i feel like the villain what there had the highest stakes and the there was an emotional impact in the second one that you don't really expect from a quote-unquote kids movie. Kids movie, yeah. Yeah, but I thought it was very, very well done. Yeah. And um, I'm not going to spoil anything, but there's one scene where, like, one of the main characters gives basically a speech about another character, and I just wanted to rip my heart out because it was that powerful, and just that whole scene was chef's kiss. So, no, uh, How to Train Your Dragon was a very good trilogy. My favorite was by far the second one. but uh, And then the first one was also good. The third one, was I don't think was as strong as the others, but it does not diminish the glory of the other two. So I, that one was one of my favorites. Good choice. I totally forgot about How to Train Your Dragon. Yes, thank wait, you. Wait, thank wait. You. And that's a agreement phase. Yeah! Oh, well done, everyone. We came to a consensus that doesn't happen very often on this show. Out of left field, but all, like, yeah, good. Yeah, cool, cool. Awesome. All right, Kyle, who's got the bronze on your podium? Oh, well, this was, um, this was a tough cookie to nail down. I'll tell you what. Um, but my number three is going to be the Dark Knight Trilogy. Um, that, that Brad just said. Um, yes, I, I think Christian Bale was a very good Batman. Um, could he have been better? Looking back on it, I think so. 
because near the end, especially near the third one, it got to a point where instead of saying, wow, Christian Bale was a good Batman, we just imitated his voice. <laughs> so, like, people just imitated his voice, and then it got to a point where you're just like, okay. Um, first one. Small voice, your Sunday trousers. <laughs> Sunday trousers. Uh, uh, I heard you say, uh, um, and then, yeah, the whole, those whole videos, those are funny. Um, the Dark Knight, though, was was peak, and that was just one yeah. of the best movies of all time. Like, if we ever do top five movies of all time, like, that would probably be in my top five, just because um, I think it just nailed the superhero genre, but it also nailed a, a villain so well, a different type of Joker that we've seen. Um, it nailed emotional beats. Um I mean, the Harvey Dent stuff, too, was just really well done, even though he looked really yeah. weird as, as Two-Face. Um, the third one, too, it has a lot of good moments in it with Catwoman. That was well... It was so well cast, too. Like, Michael Caine as Alfred, so good. Like, it's so good. Um, now, the only thing that I have that I'm like, ugh, is the Gyllenhaal, Maggie Gyllenhaal in the second one. I could do without her. I kind of clapped in the theaters when her character died. Not going to lie. Um, and in the first one, in the first one, I don't like Rachel. In the first one either. That was um, oh, what's her face? Brad Pitt's old, old lover, I think. I uh, Angelina Jolie. No, oh no, it's not Angelina Jolie. It's another one. I forget what her name is, but she talks out of the side of her mouth like this, and it's not. I'm not a fan of that. Other than those two things, um, I mean, Joker in the second one, he won an award for that. Heath Ledger is bomb. Um, and then Bane, Tom Hardy. Little weird, you couldn't understand them, but that was just super fun. So, um, you're Shrek. I'm telling you. Um, so that's my number three. All right, Brad, why do I get a feeling that I Sweet. know what's coming? Uh, do you though? I gave you a good one. Oh, I gave you Gingy. That's fine. Um, no, my number three should be very obvious. Uh, I wore it to this podcast on purpose. Jurassic Park trilogy is in my top five. I love it. It's memeable. Um, the third one is a little, uh, but I, I'll forgive it because the action sequences in it are really good. Uh, the first one, however, is the best movie ever that has come out of that trilogy um i can meme the crap out of it all day life uh finds a way uh then there's uh hold on to your butts by sam jackson which is one of my favorites hold on to your butts um there's also what's the other one uh yeah john but when the uh pirates of the caribbean breaks down the animatronics don't eat the people uh there's there's lots of really good lines from that any line by jeff goldblum I love Jeff Goldblum. Everybody that knows me knows that I absolutely am obsessed with Jeff Goldblum. Um, one day he will be my dad or like something. I'll figure it out. We'll, we'll make some weird pack. I don't know. But I just I love the man to death. Um, and that movie, he's just hilarious. Um, my favorite Jeff Goldblum moment, I think, was um, when he did Aaron Moses' brother in Prince of Egypt. Yes. When um, Miriam first 
uh, meets Moses again. And she's like, didn't I tell you, Aaron? Didn't I tell you? I knew. And he's just like, it was over. Miriam, do you want to slog? <laughs> I yeah. just, I thought that line was absolutely hysterical. So, no matter what he does, he's funny. But my last point about the Jurassic Park movies and Jurassic Park in general, um, actually two points, I'm sorry, is uh, in Jurassic Park 2 when Alan is having a nightmare and looks over and uh, his companion has turned into a velociraptor going, yeah. Alan, <laughs> like that's terrifying. <laughs> but the most terrifying, and you have to admit this, the most terrifying moment of all the Jurassic Park like series, like Jurassic World, everything, is the raptors in the kitchen scene. Oh my gosh, I still get anxiety through watching through that. And I know what happens, but it's just, uh, yeah. I hate it. And it was so well done. So uh, Jurassic Park is absolutely in there. Every time I'm on a porta potty, I get scared that a dinosaur will come and jump me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All Where's right. he going? Yes, he had to go. <laughs> you got to go. You got to go. That's what you got to go. You got to go. All right. Good, good. Very good pick, Brad. Very good pick. Yeah. All right. I am going to give you my number three, and it's one that all of a sudden I remembered that I've kind of watched, and I'm like, oh, my word, I can't believe I forgot about this. The Karate Kid. Trilogy. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the first one, I'm sorry, is just iconic. I love Daniel LaRusso, um, William Zabnock. Wait, why wasn't that in your top five sports movies then? I thought about it. I thought about it, and I'm like, oh, oh, but um, I felt I, I wanted to save it. I wanted to save it because I love that movie so much. I just had to ask. That's all. Yeah. And then the second one, the second one is kind of forgettable a little bit, but then the third one comes, and it's um, Michael. Uh, I think it, um, yeah, Martin Cove uh, coming back as Crease. Um, the addition of Terry Silver then, and then uh, Matt Barnes. It's basically um, Rocky and the Russian almost all over again. And the one line when Daniel LaRusso is down on the mat saying, Mr. Miyagi, I can't do this anymore. Mr. Miyagi looks at him and goes, no, no, it is okay to lose to opponent. Must not lose to fear. And I just like, now there's a line. There's a line. And I'm just, oh, yes, that is so good. That is so good. And no, that that trilogy, I and just especially the first one, I don't think any, I, I don't think either of the following ones eclipses the first one. But the first one just sets up everything so well, and I so enjoy the beginning it. of the second one too is really good. Yeah, no, exactly. Oh yes, with Miyagi and Kreese having their confrontation yeah. in the parking lot. Yes, that's absolutely so good. So yeah, that is my number three, Kyle. Silver medalist, if you please. Well, it's one or the other. Number two is going to be Lord of the Rings. Um, obviously, almost my number one. But um, Lord of the Rings just does so many things well. So, so much humor, so well casted. Gandalf is a good character. Aragorn, just one of the best characters in any movie ever, I think. Um, so, so good. Gimli, obviously, Frodo sucks, but... Sam, one of the best sidekicks of all time. Um, and just the the um, the CGI was good, but it, it was the the real stuff that, that put it over the top. So much history in it, and so many good messages and themes in it, too. Um, I mean, the first one, Boromir dies, that whole battle scene. The music also just 
Slaps. Amazing. So good. Like, you can just listen to it and not even watch the movie and you're good. So, like, um, and then obviously Andy Serkis has gone. That was so well done. Um, it's your it's your typical, like, three-act play, but it's all so good. And extended editions, too. Like, dude, those are – put those on. Like, the extended editions. Yeah. Watch it, right? not a real fan. <laughs> right, exactly. So um, all of it is just so good. Uh, I love it. If anyone's like, you want to watch the Lord of the Rings marathon? If I'm not busy, I'm like, yeah, I'm down. Let's go do it. So it's for number two. All right. Brad, number two, please. My number two is the Lord of the Rings extended editions. I decided to be specific because you're absolutely correct. If you're not watching the extended editions, you're not watching Lord of the Rings. Um, one of my favorite things for me, the, the older I get, the more I learn about Viggo Mortensen as a person and an actor. Dude was awesome. Um, if you have the time and you're listening to us, go look up stories about Vigo Mortensen. You will find him like declining to go on a helicopter ride and take off a few days early with his horse and camp out and then go to the site with Boromir, uh, Sean Bean. I'm like, who does that, first of all? Second of all, after the production, he bought horses for himself and for the caretakers, the people that were taking care of the caretakers. Um, the infamous one that my wife will always pick on me about when he kicks the helmet in the two towers, he breaks his foot and stays in character. Um, another one that's my favorite, uh, when he's filming Helm's Deep, he's in the middle of these fight sequences. He gets knocked in the face. His front tooth chips off. He holds it in his palm, finishes the freaking scene, and then afterwards says, hey, can I get some super glue? And super glues his tooth back in. I yeah, love- no, no, it's ins- that was insane. That was insane. There was also you missed the one, I think, is at the end of Fellowship, where uh, one of the orcs went in the uh, scene where he, yes, Boromir, is supposed to throw a knife at him, but he isn't actually supposed, supposed to throw to the miss. knife at him. But he actually does throw the knife at him, and Vigo knocks it out of midair. As it's flying at him, if he hadn't landed that, he probably would have ended up in the hospital. Yes, he was supposed to throw it. It was not supposed to be aimed directly at him. That was that was the kicker. And of course, yeah. it's amazing because you just watch him go, Ching. and I'm just like, oh, and then that, and that's the take that they use, and it's like, holy crap. yes. But but beyond that, I love what Peter Jackson did with those movies. I love Legolas and Gimli's friendship, uh, especially like two. You're right. The themes in Lord of the Rings are just so, so important. Um, and I think that's why it resonates with so many people because it's relatable. It's, oh man, like this big struggle in somebody's life. You can relate to this entire series of one dude going through all this crap with people beside him that support him. Were they always there with him? No, but they were always trying to help him figure out what he was trying to accomplish. And that in and of itself, just that little theme right there, not anything else, means so much to so many people. And um, I can't say enough about Lord of the Rings. I really can't. So yeah, that's my two. All right. I am going to take us a slightly different route. Uh, my number two is Star Wars, the sequel trilogy. <laughs> There it is. Sus takes with Luke, definitely, if I was that going to be that stupid. But no, definitely uh, Star Wars, the original trilogy. I've I've got to to give George Lucas credit. That's one of the 
best stories really of all time. Um, I, my, my folks didn't name me after Luke Skywalker, but I'm, I will say I'm kind of happy to share the name. Um, I, it's, it's an incredible story of family. It's an incredible story of good versus evil. It's a great story of listening to your mentors and the crap that sometimes they, they can go through. Um, and I just, it, it, it's a story that you just love watching and then it just continues to expand. Um, you love lightsabers, people love the characters. And the reason, and the fact that people love the characters so much is the reason why um, people, some people hated the sequel so much is because they didn't treat those OG characters the way that they should have. So yes. it's, it's an incredible story um, of hope. There you go. Of hope and uh, faith in each other. And I really think that it's a, it's a powerful, it's a powerful trilogy and I really, really love it. All right. I get a feeling that we're going to be talking about this trilogy a little bit more as we go into our number ones. Kyle, give me your number one. Uh, my number one is Star Wars, the sequel trilogy. Um, so <laughs> I'm kidding. No, it's a joke. It's a joke. Obviously, <laughs> obviously Star Wars. Um, I kind of, I was struggling to put Star Wars in Lord of the Rings. Like, where should I put them? But I, for sure, have watched Star Wars many more times than Lord of the Rings. Partly because it's a little bit shorter. But also because it's just something that, if it's on TV, I'm going to sit my butt down and watch it all the time. Like, you can't get enough of it. And it's one thing to say, like, okay, The Hobbit definitely kind of had elements and in a way, you know, lived up to Lord of the, maybe live up to Lord of the Rings. But it had some elements in it where it was like, really close to me any other of the star wars trilogies haven't come close at all to capturing the magic the feel the story the characters the dialogue um the music i mean music is pretty pretty close but um the closest thing that, that i think has gotten me to it is the um mandalorian seasons it's the closest thing yes. i think that has yeah. gotten close to that especially you know I, season two. So yeah, I would yeah. add Rogue One to that. That might be a controversial. Okay, yeah. Opinion. Rogue One has some elements near the end, I, I, I think. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. That's a good take. Um, but it, yeah, all in all, it's just it's so much lore in it. There's, I think it's a good movie when you ask questions at the end of a movie or in between movies. And like Star Wars, in between four and five, five and six, even after six, you're just like, oh, I wonder what Luke's going to do. Or between five and six, really? Is Darth Vader really his his father? Between four and five, is Luke going to be a Jedi? You know, there's so many questions with the Force, with Darth Vader, good versus evil, dark versus light, you can ask. And that is always a good element of a movie. So um, Star Wars, hand down. And I, I hope, I hope they can they can crash the sequel trilogy, make a new one, and, and somehow... Just do it right. Red I really want to con, see the magic. Red con. So, yes, I want to see the magic again. I'm ready for it. So, uh, yeah, it's my number one. Yeah. Brad? Do you even have to ask, like, uh, truly? I, I really don't, but I, we need it for the people. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, so, obviously, it's Star Wars, the original trilogy. Listen, for our listeners that don't know me, I got married on May 4th. 
Um, I'm arguing with my wife currently about naming, if we have twins, about naming them Luke and Leia. Like, you want a Star Wars fan? Like, I've got you. Um, I just, I don't even know where to start. I have so many emotions behind Star Wars because I've watched it since I was a kid. My dad loved it. Um, we would watch it together as a family. Like, it's always been a family thing for us. Um, and even, like, my extended family. Like, it really is like a family thing. And it's communal. And uh, it, it tells so many good things. Like Kyle said, it's very family-oriented. Um, I, I love the the hero's journey that occurs for Luke um, throughout 4 through 6. Um, and, and just watching through. Because it, it, he isn't infallible. And I liked that part of The Last Jedi, but I hated how they did it. Um, he wasn't infallible. He touched the dark side when when he fought his father. He touched these things that you're not supposed to touch, and he still made the right decision, and he said, I believe in my father. Like, there, there's just so many good things. Um, it's so memeable. There's so many jokes that I have that are not appropriate for this podcast. Um, but, you know, I just – I really love Star Wars. I, I would not be who I am without Star Wars. Um I definitely suggest to watch it three or four times a year. I try to um, every year, um, which is getting harder now that there's more movies. But I've just decided to just cut the sequel trilogy out in my watch throughs this time. Um, And Rogue One. Um, The only reason I say Rogue One is technically it's not canon. And everyone dies. So what's the point? So which was which was my biggest complaint. I was like, if you kept those characters and you had done something with them. That would have meant more to me than just destroying them, right? When, like, I get the, I get the reason why, I get the significance, I get all that. But Rogue One doesn't hit me like the idea. Yes, the the execution, sure, but the finishing parts to it. I was just like, I know how this is going to end. They're all going to die. Like, here's, I didn't like here's, that. But here's where I would that, disagree with you. Here's where I would disagree with you. Um, for those of you who are World War II history nerds. There was a, early in the war, there was a group of allied troops at uh, Calais on the French coast between the, uh, on the English Channel. And every one of the soldiers defending that site died from, to the Nazis, were defeated and killed by the Nazis. The reason why they were all died was so that the major force at Dunkirk, could be evacuated to England. And if it had not been for the evacuation that hit, happened there, Operation Dynamo. Um, <laughs> let me finish my story first, dude. Many bosses. Thank you, many bosses. Yes, but if it had not been for that evacuation, Operation Dynamo, the Nazis could very have easily taken over all of Europe. So right. Here's the uh, thing, though. We knew they were all going to die. That's my issue. Because that's my issue. Because we knew they were all going to die. So, like, at the end, I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. So, like, it wasn't a big, like, shock to me. If one and of them, two of them were to survive, I'd be like, oh. You know? Second second part to that, too, is it retcons stuff in the trilogy and doesn't make it make sense. That's why it's not canon. Because uh, Mon Mothma says it in Episode 6, many Bothans died to bring us, or sorry, in Episode 4, many Bothans died to bring us this information. Which is why I say, what about oh, the Bothans? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We don't know. What what about the um, at the very beginning of Rogue One when you talk when they talk about, um, hey, they're making a killer weapon basically, 
um, before you get to um, Andor. And that was the second Death Star plan, Brad, the many Mothman I was okay, okay, so I was right. It is Mon Mothma in six. Okay, never mind. But still, like, Bothan's spies were used. Like, if you read the books and everything else that are now not canon, like Rogue One, Bothans were used to bring information to the to the rebels because they didn't have affiliations with the Empire, and they were really good at it. Wasn't turn invisible? It was like hiding. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. But. But, I don't know. Again, I just it bothers me that they kind of retcon stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you are by far the most. I think you, you're probably one of the most hardcore Star Wars fans I know. But for me, who's um, I, I who cares a lot about story? The story of a bunch of people literally giving their all so that others could have, as Leia so aptly put it at the end, hope. Strikes yes. a chord with me, at least. So um, I, I get I it. I just hate it. One. <laughs> I, know. I get it. I just hate it. Like I agree it's with what Kyle said. Like if if one person had survived and they had actually done something with them, great. Because they created so many great characters, and then just which is what I said before Rogue One came out. I said they're all going to have to die. Yeah. So I guess I don't know. It, it still um, strikes a chord with me, but it's like, why? Understandable. Understandable. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm going to wrap this I, up with my number one. You probably all can guess what it is. I got to go with Lord of the Rings. Uh, Lord of the Rings is one of those trilogies that I watch again and again and again, at least once a year. At least once a year. Wait, I watch so, so we all hit agreement phase for one and two? Correct. Yes. We all either had Lord of the Rings or Star Wars for as our one and two. Great job, you guys. Well done. Well done. But no, um, Sean Bean as Boromir was so sad, but such perfect casting. Literally, outside of Elijah Wood, every casting decision that they made was impeccable. Kate Blanchett as Galadriel. Um, Liv Tyler as um, Arwen. I feel um, John Reese Davies as Gimli. Orlando Bloom as Legolas, uh, Viggo Mortensen, Aragorn, Ian McKellen as Gandalf. My word, every single decision was brilliant. So I, I, and again, there are things that drive me nuts a little bit about each one, specifically Frodo's age. And <laughs> I wish, um, but, um, between Frodo's age and how they um, did um, Eowyn's fight with the Witch King. Long story short, it's supposed mm-hmm. to be a big reveal when she's standing in front of him, not before then. It's much more powerful in the books when you are she's revealed as Eowyn when she's in front of the Witch King. So that's those are like really my only two major problems with what Peter Jackson did. But other than that, it, it's incredible. I remember when I was like very young, my mom reading that sto- those stories to me and my brother. And when we got to the end, we all just start sobbing. 
So when I got to watch the movies, it was like watching one of my favorite stories come on screen for the first time. And it was incredible. Did you borrow them from me in college? Not Lord of the Rings, no. That was uh, Percy Jackson and Aragon. That's right. That's right. Wait. So I'm still waiting for an Aragon series or series of movies that actually holds water. I hope, yes. I hope that that gets remade because the, because the one that they made for that one was just kind of we should top we should talk top five uh, book series at some point we should we should I'd, that's gonna I'd go be, under right now <laughs> yes that's all okay right. yes so all right ladies and gentlemen thank you for spending uh i think yeah thank you for spending this time with us i've been luke this is brad that's kyle and uh, this has been Random Fandom. We will see you again next week. Bye. Bye, guys.